What is up, wrestling fans? Don't adjust your stations. I just have lost my voice. So, sorry that I couldn't do the normal entrance, but you are tuned in to Dem Boys from 607 Podcast as we talk all things pro wrestling because it's time for this week's edition of 607 TWS Live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcasts or anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 TWS of course as always we are coming to you from the 8122 production studios at Dragon Master Games I am your raspy voiced surviving on throat lozenges host and also the host of 3 Fenders podcast my name is Rich Joining me as he does each and every week, you also know him better as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the OTPH, Talking Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, happy new year, and applaud Rich for what he's doing for you, because this is all from GCW weekend. He went, blew the voice out, but he is still here for you, giving you that wrestling content that you can only hear on the 607 TWS show. That is very true. Um, is a very big portion of how my voice is today. And if you're listening, if you listen to the Three Fighters podcast, you'll also hear because I recorded that as well today. Is due to a lots of yelling at the GCW show. Uh, B being tired, kind of like concrete, if you will. Mm-hmm. C. I decided to do John Wayne Murdoch voice all the way through <laughs> Pennsylvania on the way home. The best. I don't know why, but Derek says this was the funniest shit that he's ever been through. So I guess I should have recorded it. And last but certainly not least, uh, the only thing that I have ailments from being a large gentleman or a fat gentleman is I have asthma. So the worst thing is cold air for me. And the worst time is like if my body gets used to the cold air, I'm usually fine. But when I keep going out of warm and cold and just like I just to let you know, on Sunday when we left Atlantic City, it was 65 degrees. Mm -hmm. When I returned home, it was 26 degrees. So that's wreaked havoc on me coughing and everything else besides every, you know, but I'm here. I'm going to push through. I just sound a little different. Hopefully by next week, I won't sound uh, all stuffy, congested and everything else, which I'm not really congested. It's just all my throat. But uh, I apologize in advance if you hear me sucking on the lodges that I have in my throat, but that's literally the only way I'm making it through this. So that's why you got to applaud him because you know what? We could have just, you know, done this another night, but no. We have a busy week in store for 607 Podcasts. We want to make sure that we do the Brodies because, obviously, you cannot close out 2021 in pro wrestling until the Brody Awards are done, and only we provide them here. So we definitely want to make sure we hit that up because next week is kicking off a big, big monster weekend in pro wrestling, too. There's so much going on. Absolutely. Of course, up on this show, we have the Brodies ending out the show, but also in the main event, we'll be previewing Wrestle Kingdom 16 going down, well, to technically tomorrow, mm-hmm. tomorrow morning early here in the States, uh, tonight technically in Japan. Um, we have that going down. We're going to preview that. Next week, we'll be reviewing that with Tyler from Second Suitor, which yes. is going to be exciting. Locked and loaded. And the mid-card this week, we're going to be talking WWE Day 1. We're going to be talking some AEW news, including what we know is announced for Battle of the Belts and so on and so forth. And also some Excite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in the opening contest, we will be talking about my GCW weekend. And hopefully that you guys enjoy the shows as well. But with that, before we get into all that, let's get some of the business part out of the way. 
Ken M, tell them how to find you in the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on our social media accounts. Check out the directory where you can find the ODPH on your favorite podcast provider. Check out Parlay Points, new comics blogs, new blogs account anywhere. New stuff is dropping there all the time, so you make sure you check that out. The T Public Store, all socials, at OD Parlay Hour. You know you want to get involved, and always remember to use the hashtag ODPHpod. And, of course, everything for the Three Fat Nerds you can find at 8122productions.com. Links are there. Of course, we're on all social medias, Three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to. Uh, of course, you know, patreon.com slash 8122productions if you'd like to support the show. T Public link is up on the website. Every other link you need. I'm not going to waste my time talking. <laughs> so, you know, 8122productions.com. Can't drill it in enough. All your information is there. Pads there. Just wanted to let you know, unlike other folks, I won't walk out on you after three quarters of the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. As a matter of fact, we appreciate you so much that we're going to give you the first ever. Uh, where is it at? I got new ones. He's on fire. That's right. He's on fire. I finally got on the board. I moved stuff to the top of the board, so this is in first spot. I mean, now. you're not wrong, Ooh. but you didn't have to say it. I, mean, I did, I did some work while I was in New Jersey. I just want to throw that out there. On top of everything else, and I watched all of Cobra Kai season four. I'm almost done. Oh, so good. We watched all ten episodes on Saturday. In between going to the arcade, going to the buffet, and going to the GCW show. Nice. So we were very accomplished in the great state. But uh, well, there wasn't much we could do outside, even though it was a little nicer. Mm-hmm. It was foggy as fuck. Like, when we came out of the showboat, the showboat's not far from Steel Pier, which, of course, is famous for the gigantic uh, Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. We couldn't, it was so foggy, we couldn't see the Ferris wheel. You couldn't see the ocean wow. from the boardwalk, which is astounding. Yeah, that's... That's how foggy it was. That's crazy. And from our hotel room, we were on the 16th floor of the showboat. It looked like we were in the clouds, and the, you couldn't see the ocean from the room either, and you, you, we had ocean view. And we couldn't that's see the insane. ocean. That's, that's how foggy it was. That's wild. Like, I didn't hear about the, that being that foggy down there, but I believe it, though. It worked out when they took a picture of a certain somebody we'll get to outside. That picture worked out nice because of the fog. But then after the show, the fog cleared. It was weird because when we went, we went over to the Hard Rock after the show and got dessert, uh, they have this nice uh, bakery kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We got some desserts, and uh, it was clear as shit. But it, uh, the whole time, we were wearing T-shirts outside because it was it was yeah, 50 60. degrees and better. 60. Yeah. Well, it was 55 the first day we were there. And then it was 61 day two and 65 the day after. So It's crazy. Unseasonably warm weather in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and I was very happy for it. Uh, if you're on Patreon, you can hear Diesel talk about uh, uh, some, some interesting stuff, and he'll also be t- going even further into it on Love is Scary this week, which we'll be recording on Thursday. Nice. Along with the first episode of 3FN After Dark. Ooh. So we got some stories to tell. So, And hopefully I, my voice is 100% by then. So if you want to hear the darker side <laughs> of going to Atlantic City, tune in. Join Patreon. Little as $1 a month. There you go. Well, with that being said, Ken, I think we should get this show on the road. Absolutely. Because you know, got a lot to talk about. So you know. <laughs> That's right, it's time, and let's kick the show right off with talking about GCW Wrestling. And, of course, the big event that went, the big events that went down this weekend on Friday, December 31st, and January 1st, respectively. And uh, the 31st show, there wasn't a, it wasn't a sold-out event. Still quite a few people there for being New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. On the first, though, very packed house. Uh, so very interesting, and, of course, it was live on Fight.TV for those of you who could not be there in attendance. Uh, well, let's go into it. We showed up. Oh, before we go, <laughs> I know it was New Year's, but 
the jolly old fat guy with a white beard struck. Ken M, I got you a little something from my trip to GCW Wrestling. It is a uh, blood logo GCW Love it. Thank you. Thank you. So there you go. Little gift actions I wanted to give you here on the show. Appreciate you. So uh, we got there. When we got there, we got there a little like 7.15. We were, uh, for those of you watching, I know that uh, Lou was watching and stuff and uh, noticed we were on the hard camp side. Yeah. You can't miss me. I'm, I'm pretty large, so that's pretty awesome. Wearing the uh, GC, uh, was I wearing, what, what shirt was I wearing that day? I don't even remember now. Oh, well, I was wearing my new GCW shirt on the first day. Yeah, it was new G, new GCW shirt, and then you wore the plant one in the second. Yeah. So uh, we got there, and it was, it was pretty good. Uh, the opening, before it came on te- uh, air, all the wrestlers came out just around the ring, and after they went on air, we found out it was the tribute to Marcus Crane, who had passed away. We mentioned on last week's show. Beautiful. Beautiful ten bell salute, mm. beautiful package. Yes, um, uh, I, I myself, a lot of people, very uh, emotional. Not Niagara Falls, but a lot of you know, teary eyed. Beautiful. It was just such a beautiful thing. Played his music as the people went out, and it's like it's hard sometimes. Like, on this week's three FN, we talked about the deaths of uh, Betty White and John Madden and Robert Bruce to an extent. So you know, it's it's always hard. To steal her back, the ship, especially to be entertaining. But GCW did a great job, I think. Not only did we get that emotion that they opened up strong because it was PCO's open challenge. And not only was it PCO's open challenge, the crowd got treated to forgetting about a belt that exists because PCO is the GCW Extreme Champion and the belt came back. Yeah. Surprised to see that. So he was putting it on the line against a surprise. And man, Atlantic City lost its shit. Because the journey hit, and that, and when journey hits, it can only be one man. Of course, that's the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And man, that place w- erupted. I was in shock watching it at home. And the minute I heard separate ways start kicking out, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. The bulldozer and GCW. Bulldozer makes his return to Game Changer Wrestling. Crowd goes nuts. We loved having him there. And I'm going to tell you what, the two veterans, the two old guys, if you will, went out there and put on one hell of a match. Yes. Like, we, me and Diesel are sitting there going, man, you forget that these guys are the veterans. They went out there. They busted their asses, gave us a great match. Uh, 12 minutes, 58 seconds, almost 13 minutes. PCO is still your extreme champion. Great match, and uh, it looks like they're going to run it back sometime down the line. I don't know when. I don't know where. But uh, at the end of the match, Tremont said, hey, let's do it again, and PCO said, sure. Love to see it ran back again. These guys absolutely kicked off the card in the right way. And what a, what an incredible way to start. Like, it was completely surprising everybody seeing Tremont back. Uh, next matchup is 607 TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin. And uh, the crowd was definitely singing, We Built This City. Mm-hmm. As he defeated Cole Raderick in 11 minutes, 55 seconds. Cole Raderick, man, young, another young up-and-comer, super good. Uh, loved the fact that he got a big-time match against one of the best wrestlers in the world and Tony Deppin. This match didn't disappoint. No, it definitely lived up to the hype. And I would say this was a sleeper on the card because you forget how good Raddick is at such a young age. But this is also kudos to GCW, which has such an influx of young talent, too, that are hanging with such veterans and skilled wrestlers as Tony Deppin, too. Great match overall. Like I said, nothing I can complain about with this one. Next up, we had Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy fucking Lloyd as he defeated in his GCW debut, and I think as his independent wrestling debut as well here in the States, Ho-Ho Loon. Mm-hmm. In seven minutes, 16 seconds, and uh, Ho-Ho got a good rea- reception. Of course, he was one of the releases from World Wrestling Entertainment. Didn't really do too much on their TV. 
Had a good, had a good showing here against Jimmy Lloyd, who is uh, can do it all. Uh, we'll have a fun Jimmy Lloyd story later in the night, though. Okay. Well, yeah, no, this was a great match, too. And like I say, you always think about Jimmy Lloyd doing death matches, but he can really go in the ring, too. He's a hybrid wrestler, man. He does it all. Yeah. And he did a great job in this one. Next up was the match that I said, man, the future of wrestling was in that ring. Jack Cartwheel defeated the young Nick Wayne in 13 minutes and 14 seconds, and these two guys proved why they are the future of wrestling, proved why... You know, Nick Wayne is 16 years old. I still can't get over that watching him in the ring. That kid is so good at such a young age. Like, you need to really put that in perspective, and he's only getting better each match. Oh, yeah, and Jack Hartwell. What can, oh, you yeah. can't say anything bad. Another young up-and-comer doing big things. And uh, these two guys put on an absolute clinic. I mm-hmm. was happy to see that when the crowd was solidly behind both men. Yeah. It was a both of these guys chant night. Next up, man, for the first time that we've learned that we were in Bizarro Land, <laughs> Atlantic City is the home of GCW. Yes. And Atlantic City fans, they love who they love and they hate who they hate. They respect people for busting their ass. And even if this person gets booed everywhere else, because I think he's one of the best heels in the business, it started this night that he became one of the most over with the AC crowd. That, of course, is Atticus Coger, the Silver Teeth Satan, as he defeated... Ever Connors in 11 minutes, 52 seconds. First of all, Ever Connors wrestling with the uh, stuffed animals on his overalls was kind of fun. Yeah. I like the storytelling in this match. I dug it. This was the first night we heard majority of the crowd chanting Atticus, which is unusual. That was that was scary. And then this end of this match came in a really cool way after Atticus won. I think this was legit. I think it was kind of a fun moment and a cool storytelling moment. Mm-hmm. After he won... He did it for Marcus Crane. Made sure, because very good friends with Marcus Crane was was Atticus Coger. And he so he did it for him. Uh, he, you know, also Ever Connors mm-hmm. had, had some training but for by him. He was one of the tr- people who mentored him. They had a nice little hug exchange in the ring. There was a light tube. He put his, uh, he had a Marcus Crane armband. Atticus Coger did, sorry, pronouns. Put it on the light tube. They had a nice little hug. And you could tell it was a legit hug. Yeah. But... After Ever Connors turned his back, he forgot that at the end of the day, Atticus Coger is still the devil, and he smashed those over his back, to which uh, the announcers pointed out, because I, when I watched it back, that's something that Marcus Crane would have been proud of, the fact that he hit him after the back after he turned his back on him. Yeah. But it was kind of a neat moment, showing some respect to Ever Connors, but at the same time, because even when he left the ring, he just kind of just like gave him that little, you should have seen it coming. If you don't realize about how much Atticus Kogar is... Loved by the fans. And I mean, they respect what he does. And you're starting to see now that we always say this with AEW a little bit with like Adam Page and how they have their homegrown talent and their favorites and the ones that would go in there each night, bust their ass no matter what they're doing. Kogar has done that and he is definitely winning people over. I mean, obviously, he's the best heel in the game right now. I think we've already established that. But now people are really getting behind him to really see him get a big push. No, we'll talk about that more in night yes. two. Next up was an insane tag team match. The team of Alex Zane and Blake Christian defeated Dante Leone and Ninja Mac. 15 minutes and 43 seconds. And if you could have innovated offense better for a show, I don't know how. The, all four of these guys brought the most innovative things that I've ever seen in my life. And God knows how they all survived. I tweeted out, don't blink. And I absolutely meant it because all four of these guys absolutely fucking killed it in this match you saw so much innovation 
brought into this tag match. And for anybody that says, oh, tag team wrestling, there's nothing new you can do. Watch this match. All four of these guys absolutely killed it. Blake Christian, I point out that night, and I will always say this. He goes out there and he says he's going to prove that he's the best in the world. And then he goes in the ring and does just that. Amazing. He's on his way now to get a shot. at. And this is interesting. He will get Bandito before he gets Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. I do not know if the ROH title the Bandito holds is going to be on the line. But if it is, there's a chance that Blake Christian wins that belt. And then the match in Hammerstein is for the unified, undisputed Ring of Honor championship. I'll make that happen. I hope that's what's going to happen. All heart, all day. And uh, also shout outs to him. Not only is he winning in the ring, he's winning out of the ring because Cora Jade was with him all night. And whew, whew, yes, yes. We, you know, and she's very and also very awesome and lovely person. Mm-hmm. And she loves deathmatch wrestling. Oh, that's awesome. So she was standing on the chairs during the deathmatch. So awesome. And she was super nice to fans and everything else. So it was awesome to see her. Uh, and she was there supporting Blake all weekend long. Uh, next up, we had uh, one of my personal favorites, and it was awesome to see her on the East Coast, Dark Sheik, as she defeated Colby Carino in 12 minutes and 9 seconds. This was a great match. Colby Carino being the straight heel during the match. Uh, a lot of backbreakers worked over the back of uh, Dark Sheik. At the end of the day, Dark Sheik gets the win and offers the handshake. Colby Carino spits in her hand, which I thought was a great way to keep things going. I was a fan of it. What I was not a fan of is that there was some... Um, all weekend long, we had some real asshole fans, and you're going to hear about it in the on night two mm-hmm. the most. But there was one point in juncture where we heard a smattering. Not the not the normal crowd. They definitely weren't the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. They weren't, you know, who we heard fuck him up, Colby, fuck him up. And I was hoping, as I still am, and I'm not slandering anybody. I'm hoping that they just met it as in like EM, yeah. not him, because Dark Sheik, of course, is a transgendered wrestler. Mm-hmm. And that would be disgusting to say to somebody who is as respected and loved as Dark Sheik. And both me and Diesel were like, I'm not going to be super offended because we don't know. But we definitely heard what we heard. Yeah, that's that's shitty that that happened. So, And it was weird because I've heard other GCW fans blaming it on like the new influx of fans and all that shit. I'm not going to hear y'all tat for tat. But there was a couple things I did take umbrage, especially that night too. Uh, next up, we had a great six-man tag team match as the second gear crew, Daddy, Effie, Matthew Justice, and the motherfucking truth, AJ Gray, defeated Young, Dumb, and Broke, uh, represented by Charlie Tiger, Ellis Taylor, and Jordan Oliver with Griffin McCoy in their corner. 13 minutes, 10 seconds, and I'll tell you what, Young, Dumb, and Broke held their own against the second gear crew. They definitely gave it at all, but... This was definitely seeing the future of the business go through, obviously, the heart and soul of GCW, Second Gear Crew. This was this is a great match, but this was a brutal one, too. Earn the respect of the SGC, though. Yep. That's not an easy task. Uh, next up, we had the traditional GCW scramble match after the intermission. Mm-hmm. Calvin Tankman defeated One Called Manders, J.J. Garrett, Marcus Mathers, Shane Mercer, and Yoya. 15 minutes and 17 seconds. Diesel was super excited to see the Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. As you know, he's a big fan. Yes, he is. As he should be. But Calvin Tankman, man, I love Calvin Tankman. We're going to talk about him on night two as well. I think Calvin Tankman needs to start getting in there and uh, mixing it up with some of the top-tier guys. Absolutely. This scramble match obviously killed it. I mean, what can you say about Shane Mercer? And, 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 <laughs> he's and, a beast. Yeah, him and Calvin Tankman? <sighs> He is a beast, and he he launched a man into the lights. Yes, <laughs> I. That was night two, but still, he launched a man into the lights. I still haven't gotten over that. 
Like, good Lord. Talk about some raw strength. Shane Mercer. Next up was a match that a lot of us were waiting for, myself included, because I knew this was going to be a barn burner. Allie Catch defeated Charlie Evans 15 minutes and 42 seconds. These two girls went out there, and or sorry, I should say women. I don't want to downplay it at all. Mm. Went out there and fucking killed it. Showing why. They didn't have to get hardcore. They didn't do anything fucking crazy. They wrestled. And man, they I arguably put on one of the best wrestling matches with two females that I've seen in a long time. This was a, this was a classic. These two absolutely went out there and stole the show, in my opinion. Allie Catch, if you're not sold on her being one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now, you got to get on board. And Charlie Evans definitely was bringing it to her. This was the one I, I want to see ran back soon. I want to say I'm loving the fact that GCW is now bringing in top-tier female talent to go up against Allie Catch. Uh, Allie Catch gets it done with the guys, too. Don't get me wrong. But it's nice to see her get those top-tier female talents. And the best part about it is the fans we win because we get to see top-tier female talents. I'm, I'm just going to say it now. We're going to talk about it a little briefly later. But certain names just got, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a certain person named Big Swole. I would love to see you go against Alec Oh, Cash. my God, yeah. That's a dream match for me personally. Uh, in between this, we were trying to kill time for midnight. And we got a rap battle. And uh, also it was a dream of MLJ. And uh, yeah, I, I, we all weren't fans of it. Mm-hmm. In the attendance, it was a little rough. But I'm glad he got to live his dream with that being said. MLJ, fucking one of the top tier ring announcers in all of wrestling. Glad he got his due. Yeah, absolutely. It was a fun moment for him. So. so so I cannot be mad about that. But we got SGC back out and Effie as our master of ceremonies for midnight because who better to ring in the new year with than daddy? You can't beat that. And uh, we rang in the new year. And, of course, then we had to have the first match of 2022. And, of course, it was a fucking death match. G. Raver defeats Akira in 29 minutes and 28 seconds. Very good match. Little couple miscues. Little couple miscues, but great match. Yeah, this one definitely was one way to kick off 2022 as it was the first match of the year. I want to say, I really want to go out and say, the final spot of this match, balls for fucking days. The ladder kind of wasn't working. Somehow we had a bunch of people holding it, and they still did the spot off through a ladder with light tubes on it. Akira's got fucking balls. Yeah. So does a G-Raver, but... But still. Akira, who's still young, up and coming, really earned some stripes this, uh, that night. You know what I mean? That's absolutely And crazy. definitely after when he was cutting the promo after, you could definitely tell he was a little concussed. Yeah. Or I'm assuming he was. And of course, then we ended the night, of course, with uh, Alex Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch getting in a little bit of it, foreshadowing the big deathmatch main event for night two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to put a bow on it? How'd you feel about GCW till infinity? The January third thir- or the December sorry thirty first show. Very solid card. I mean, obviously GCW wanted to put its stamp on twenty twenty one and kick off twenty twenty two in in a great way. And this was a fun match, fun card, top to bottom. I mean, Ali Catch and Charlie Evans. What can you say about that match? And Jack Cartwheel and Nick Wayne. Dude, the crowd was hot into it. By the way, Pat says the fact that Bo Dallas wasn't included in the rap battle is a travesty. I agree. Yes, free Bo Dallas. She get free Bo Dallas third out because all these releases he still hasn't been released. Really? I thought he was. I, I thought he was. I don't remember him. He's just, he's just kind of just went away from wrestling. I Where thought. the hell is he at? Uh, he's farming Last now. I knew he was doing that cooking show. Uh, something about farming, I thought. Anyways. Well, the next day, of course, is the first of the year. And at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, JCW made his return to Atlantic City in the carousel room at the Showboat 
Hotel and Arcade. I had to get used to saying that. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Dead End was the first show of the year. JCW, of course, is if you think about it, is the developmental, the East Coast developmental of GCW, just mm-hmm. like LA Fights, which we'll be talking about in a second, is the West Coast developmental. Yes. Great show. You can still watch this. If you did not see it and you want to watch it, this is absolutely free on the Game Changer Wrestling channel on YouTube. So just Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, Pat says, allegedly, Bo is living with Liv Morgan and farming. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Pat. I knew the farming thing, and I knew Liv Morgan, too. All right, let's go down the card and talk about this. In the opening contest for JCW Dead End, we had frontman Jod defeat Edith Surreal in 9 minutes and 19 seconds. I love everything about frontman Jod. Yeah, he's great. He has got he's, he's great on the microphone. He's great in the ring. Fucking love frontman Jod. Edith Surreal, by the way, also unique wrestler. She does some of the most death-defying moves you'll see. Maybe not like the high-flying way that Ninja Mac does, mm-hmm. but more of ground-based. It's innovative and it's cool. If you've never seen her, she goes about her business very well. So, worth it. I go out. Next up, we had a battle of the Young Gunners, man. Dylan McKay uh, versus J.J. Jarrett went to a no contest, eight minutes and seven seconds, because Slade came out and decided to beat the living shit out of <laughs> Dylan McKay because J.J. Garrett, baby Steiner, if you will, took off. Yeah, yeah this one was an interesting match, I got to say. Next up is a match that we didn't know we were getting because it was an added match, but we're happy we did because nobody, trust me, everybody loves two big men slapping meat, <laughs> and that's what you got in this match. Big Vin defeated the one called Manners in eight minutes and 15 seconds. Trust me, you got what you wanted, two big men beating the piss out of each other. You, you want a hoss fight? You got a hoss fight. These guys were absolutely killing each other. We had uh, the team of Yokai, Janai Kai, and Yoya defeat the Jersey Legends of Azriel and Steve Scott. 11 minutes and 16 seconds. Great match. Jo- you know, Jokai is fucking no joke. No, no joke at all. This is a solid match. Like I say, especially Yoya was making the rounds this weekend, too. Speaking of legends, the East Coast legend himself, the Grim Reefa, goes uh, defeated Steve Sanders, 9 minutes and 58 seconds. Great match. Grim Reefer, the Popeye of marijuana, baby. <laughs> Love the Grim Reefer. Got a fun uh, Grim Reefer story for later in the night. Fair enough. Uh, next up, we had a great wrestling contest as Matt Mikowski defeated Billy Starks, debuting her Asuka-inspired gear. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes and 46 seconds. Billy Starks proven once again at 17 years old she can hang in there with anybody. Absolutely. Matt Mikowski is a machine. A machine. He's a kid that you need to start watching mm-hmm. for. He's going to be then one of the next best technical wrestlers in the world. Yes. Far Facts. done. Facts. Next up, we had the bad boy, Joey Janela, going one-on-one with a f- also AEW superstar, Cesar Bonani. 22 minutes and 27 seconds. How jacked is Janela now? Dude, in person, he looks bigger than he does on TV. Holy shit, man. <laughs> He's huge. Uh, we, were, we were making comments about it the whole night. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, we had a loser leaves town match. Charlie Evans defeated her boyfriend, Everett Connors, in 14 minutes and 44 <laughs> seconds. Uh, they are both going to the UK. Wish them fun on their travels. Both of them are fucking awesome people. It was cool to have uh, a send-off for them both. Yeah. But uh, JCW, great show. Like I said, Game Changer Wrestling on YouTube. Follow that out. But let's end the weekend with the one that everybody was anticipating. Of course... January 1st, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in that carousel room. Die for this. And we open hot because we open with a match that is the what I chose to be the logo for this on stream. For the GCW World Tag Team Championship. And still 
the dem boys, the Briscoes, J.M. Mark Briscoe, because they defeated Alexander and Blake Christian in 14 minutes and 14 seconds. And boy, was this an amazing match. This is how you kick off a card. Holy shit. Could have been one of my matches of the weekend. Yeah. This absolutely brought it. The door spot on the outside. Blake Christian tried to kill a man. Yeah. All Simple heart. But all heart all day, man. Great match. Of course, they earned the respect of them boys, which that's that means something. That is something. Hoping that we were going to get an FTR sighting, but so far they're too pussy to show up. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. They keep talking all that shit. Yeah. You knew where to find them, and they weren't working. No, surprisingly not. We're in perfect time, but yeah. I'm just saying. Calvin Tankman, speaking of a guy we were impressed with, defeated Yoya. 11 minutes and 42 seconds, man. Don't be fooled by Yoya's size, man. He's got heart for days. He's speedy. Calvin Tankman, though. Woo! Beast mode. This was a surprise match for me because Yoya was whipping out every single kind of move to win this. In, in fact, Canadian Destroyer. Oh, yeah. Like, But the way he connected was great because he used a springboard just to get the momentum to take the big man over. Yeah. I like the science of it. Yeah, the science about this, too. And then Tankman giving that one power bomb though. Woo, he killed him. The man's soul lost is left yeah, his body. You saw it leave and just, but great match though. Listen, man, two performances this weekend, and I've been impressed with his performances before. Tankman needs to get to that next level. Yeah, we need to start putting him in there against that next tier because he deserves it. And he's young. He's a young dude. Mm-hmm. Next up was a surprise for everybody because the bad boy Joey Janela defeated Scotty Two Hottie in twenty three minutes and six seconds. And ladies and gentlemen. Scotty Tuati Hottie was over as fuck with the GCW crowd. Wow, we were chatting for some Scotty, man. 48 years old. Looks amazing. Looked great. And this is some, you know, sometimes when you see wrestlers who obviously have been in the business for a while, you kind of see the going through the motions a little bit, you know, at that kind of later stage. He was so amped up to be in that ring, and it definitely carried through and the emotion in that match. This was a fun match from top to bottom. Oh, absolutely. I enjoyed it. It was fun. They were they did a sunglasses spot in the beginning. Both of them are doing sunglasses. They're doing a whole bunch of stuff. Gotta love it. Uh, Tom from uh, Off the Cuff Gaming says, What is up, handsome beast? Best match of the year. Ken M versus Big Rich. Well, we usually do tag team. Matches, yeah, we tag but, team. But, you know, I digress. But, dude, Sky Tuati. And then uh, he, he wanted to talk to the GCW fandom. Yes. Because he I, he was taken aback. You could tell. He was really happy that the crowd, after six years of not being in the ring, the crowd not only remembered him but loved seeing him, and we were behind him. Behind, we were booing Joey Janela. Mm-hmm. Calling Joey Janela a bum and everything else. <laughs> That's a feat. Yes. But uh, when he got on the mic, he said something that I thought was really cool. He said he chose – He people thought he was crazy when he chose to leave a full-time job mm-hmm. training people. But he left because he wanted – to get in the ring with people like Joey Janela. He wanted to, you know, you can bring in all of your basketball players, football players, gymnasts, whatever. But the one thing you can't teach them is passion and heart. And he wanted to feel that again. Yes. I thought it was great. Very classy. Yeah, very classy. And obviously, like I said, he just was beaming with emotion. Like I say, for somebody that's been a, a seasoned veteran, he was definitely vibing and definitely was so excited to be performing again. And the crowd loved him too. Like that's one thing about GCW crowds. They are smart fans. Well, for the most part. You know, obviously the the egregious ones you were telling me about. And there's some sometimes but, but it happens. Know, but it that happens every everywhere. show though. But for the majority of your GCW fans, they get it, they appreciate it, and they ran with it. Next up was the number one contenders 
Rumble match. Aramba. Boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Got thoughts. Well, actually, no. Technically, that wasn't up next. Let's let's not skip it because it wasn't on my rundown here from Cage Match. Next was Effie's statement. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Effie let us know that Effie is, in fact, fine. But on top of that, Effie also let us know that Effie is tired of being a stepping stone. Effie is tired of being the, when people come in, they have to go to Effie. To get to the world title, you have to go through Effie. Effie's tired of that. Effie wants to be champion because they don't, GCW doesn't need a part-time champion. Mm -hmm. They need a champion at every show. Yeah. I thought that was great. And I love the fact that Effie is, if you don't believe how over Effie is, especially in GCW, yeah. the Effie chants were louder than anything else. And on top of that, when Effie goes off and he was like, you know what? I'm an emotional person, so I go off track a lot. I'm sorry, guys, but I just have to say it. <laughs> and everybody started chanting Effie, so it reaffirmed to him, we, we love him emotional. Yeah, absolutely. We love Effie. He's as real as it gets. Daddy is the best. Mm-hmm. But Daddy gets cut off because the lights go out. And through the crowd, because at home we could see it. It took fucking forever, by the way. Could have taken any more of his sweet ass time getting to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> a man in a trench coat and a cowboy hat and a mask, guitar in hand, slides in the ring. And when the lights come back on, he Elkabong's daddy. By the way, the most vicious fucking Elkabong I've ever seen. It got stuck around daddy's head. Yeah. And he had a hard time getting it off. He revealed the match to reveal it is the one only J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T-double-J-Jeff Jarrett is in GCW. Did not have that on my scorecard at all. Wow. What does this mean? Does this mean, you know, a lot of people speculating? Hammerstein, Jeff Jarrett versus Effie, but Effie says, nope, fuck that. I don't want to, I'm not wrestling some guy just because you came in here and made a scene. Fuck that, I'm done with that shit. That's exactly what he put on social media. Is he, who does, is Effie fighting in Detroit and Chicago? I don't know yet, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Who knows? He said no, but I mean, I'm thinking to myself, that's going to be Hammerstein fight. That makes a lot of sense for Hammerstein, but I was just trying to think if Effie wanted to do that sooner. I was hoping that Effie was going to get the title shot at the Hammerstein. Yeah. But now we know who's getting the title shot at the Hammerstein. Or maybe not. Maybe they'll do it sooner, but we're all led to believe that the winner of what we're going to talk about now, the GCW World Title Number One Contendership Rumble match, which is kind of like a Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. is going to get the shot at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I'm not going to go over everybody who was in the match. Lots of people in this match. Yeah. The one important thing is we all want to point out: Atticus fucking Coger. <sighs> the chance he came out to a the thunderous pop, only second to Effie. Yeah. Fuck. During the match, Atticus chance. He looked like he was eating him up, too. Well, I think that, you know, as as much as he is a heel, and like we, we've already said, he's the best heel in the business, he's got to appreciate the, that crowd, especially the GCW crowd is such a tough crowd to win over and to get that much admiration. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, Till Infinity was one thing, but to get this in the match, this was the moment that he should have gotten up to that next level because he, he has been carrying GCW on his back, waving the flag harder than anybody, really. I mean, it's debatable with some of the other guys on the roster, but in my opinion, he's been waving it so much. He's been doing everything right for that company. This was his time to get this title shot. So over that he was mixing it up with Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne, who he's had feuds with, and they were booing yeah. Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne, which in, in Atlantic City, that never happens. That never goes And down. 
Last two in the ring was him and Homicide. And when Homicide won, because Homicide wins the match, the crowd audibly boos the shit out of fucking Homicide. The crowd was not happy with Atticus losing that match or yeah. that rumble. So the Notorious 1A7 in his Terry Funk tribute trunks. Yes, notice that. Which was pretty awesome. Is now the number one contender, looks like, for the Hammerstein Ballroom. And the night before he will be going, he'll be in the inaugural class for the uh, Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see Homicide win, and him and Mox will tear it up, obviously. No question about that. But, man, I was so hoping we had Kogar get over. Because this was the moment. You talk about those organic moments with the crowd, and this was it. And this one misfire, in my opinion, for GCW. Well, next we got our intermission, because next uh, the, after intermission, it was the ring got set up. Because it was time for the dream death match. The debate was ending that night. Mm-hmm. For the GCW Ultra Violent Championship, your champion Alex Cologne taking on the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch. <sighs> and man, this match was fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. It lived up to the hype. <clears throat> no, no punches were pulled. Holy fuck. John Wayne Murdoch, towards the end of this match, yeah. gets hit in the arm with a two-by-four that had gusset plates on it. Yeah. That stick into his arm and rip his arm to sh- fucking shreds. Yeah. Gushing blood enough that the referee stops the match. I thought he tore an artery. Stops the match. Only for Alex Cologne to start attacking referees and then beat him some more with that board and then take a drill and drill into his arm. Yeah. This was absolutely sickening, violent. But John Wayne Murdoch calls for a restart, almost gets the win, but Alex Cologne reverses into the Camel Clutch for the pass out submission. Mm-hmm. And after the match, Alex Cologne comes back out after, well, he attack, keeps attacking the Duke, to which Akira steps in the way, and then he attacks Akira from behind. And then Alex Cologne, after he leaves, comes back out with the Duke's luggage and said, Hey, I just beat your ass. Here's your here's your shit. Get out of my fucking house. Wow. Now the um, the umbrage I took was there was fans who started chanting John Wayne pussy. Yeah. After the match, and I went, that's fucking. And a lot of people felt this way. It was fucking disgusting because he went out there and killed himself for all of us. And people, you know, and I understand you're wrestling fans, the hometown guy, get it. But show some fucking respect for a guy that murdered murdered himself out there for you. And on top of that, you can tell that they were Fairweather fans because the Duke chants, they were joining into those two. Yeah. Because the rest of the crowd started chanting Duke, which was louder, and they also chanting, please come back. <sighs> yeah, no, that was sickening to hear, too. Like I said, between those two moments you brought up, it's like those, the fans that were doing that obviously should not be welcome back at GCW or any wrestling crowd because there's no place for that. Murdoch went out there and fucking bled out and gave a, an all-star performance and literally almost died in that ring for your entertainment. Anybody calling him a pussy about that, go fuck yourself. Well, the best is uh, the next day he took the tweets and said, that's okay, I'll be uh, fine next week. I'll be back in there doing the same shit. Alex Colon can now take his month off to heal. <laughs> and then he put out later on that... Uh, I want, I've already tried to challenge Alex Cologne, but he ain't going to return it. So, you know what? I'm not done in GCW. Brett, find me somebody who's not a pussy. Wow. So, it's far from over between the Duke and Alex Cologne. I mean, what? Okay, since you know Deathmatch wrestling more than I do, what is their equivalent to like 
the steel cage match? Like, what is the well, blow-off I mean, match? Well, there's many things. No ropes, barbed wires are used a lot, usually using light tubes and that. I mean, we saw stuff like glass ceiling. You can get real creative. Uh, tangled web back in the day was a thing. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do, but I think this is going to go to a trilogy, in my opinion. So, hopefully. Yeah. I, I dug it. Great match. Great line of work. But... That, that was the weekend. We had a great time down in Atlantic City, GCW, very hospitable, very awesome, and uh, great times were had by all. Uh, I would also like to shout out, though, before we take the break, this upcoming weekend, if you would like to check out the West Coast developmental, if you will, for GCW, LA Fights makes its volume two this upcoming Sunday, January 9th. Uh, we'll be on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube site for free. Uh, goes down at... I'm trying to find a time here. I do not see a time listed here, so it will be a live broadcast, though. We'll hit you up with the time later on because it'll be West Coast time. Uh, so far announced, Nick Wayne versus Titus Alexander, two young bucks from the West Coast. Okay. Bad Dude Tito taking on Sandra Moon. Dark Sheik versus Kevin Blackwood. That's going to be insane. Lucas Riley versus Matt Vandergriff. And Tyler Bateman versus Juicy Fenoir. That's, that's announced so-, so far. That's a solid card right there, folks. Don't sleep on LA Fights. Great event. Game Changer Wrestling on YouTube. Make sure you check it out. And you can watch the, uh, the first show. It's also up there already. But with that being said, we are going to take our break. When we come back, it'll be the mid-card. We're talking WWE Day 1, Excite Wrestling, AEW, and more. Right after this break where you'll hear our good friends shout at the robots. It's time for the mid-card. And, of course, the mid-card this week is brought to you by Excite Wrestling. Let a show go down. We're going to talk about it in a moment. But for all your Excite Wrestling needs, go to ExciteWrestling.com, including tickets to their next event, which is happening on my birthday, January the 15th, uh, at the X at Johnson at the Oakdale Mall in Johnson City, New York. But, Ken, you, I was in New Jersey, but mm-hmm. you were in attendance this past Saturday, January 1st, for the year of Excite at the X. Tell the people what went down and your thoughts on the event. So, very solid crowd uh, in attendance for it, which I was happy to see for January 1st. Definitely a interesting night, and big changes were happening in Excite Wrestling. Uh, the match of the night, though, TJ Epics versus Sean Carr for the International Championship title. Uh, it was a ladder match. Uh, listen, if you're not familiar with TJ Epics, kid, it was, it was phenomenal in this match. Really brought it to Sean Carr. But the big change in the room happened when LSG and Pat Sawyer helped Sean Carr win the title. So now we have a new faction in Excite, it appears. 
Not really sure what the details are. I got a couple of TikTok videos out right there on OD Parlay Hour for it. And the replay is up right now on twitch.tv slash Excite Wrestling, spelled X-C-I-T-E. Uh, the rest of the card, though, very solid. Uh, Dalton Castle and Dan Barry tore the house down, as expected. And we have a new heavyweight champion, which originally Axel Lennox won in a triple threat against Bill Collier and Cade. But out of nowhere comes H.C. Loke through the crowd. Says he was the number one contender from the last show. Causes Axel to get into an impromptu match. And one suddenly Axel loses the belt to H.C. Loke. So now we have a new heavyweight champion. So all of this influx is going on in Excite right now. Heading into the show on January 15th where it was announced Ace Austin from Impact Wrestling will be coming through, and Davey Richards. Oh, awesome. So more information on that, ExciteWrestling.com. Uh, make sure you're following them on Twitch, and hit them up on Twitter as well, at Excite Wrestling for more information on that. Well, uh, we are going to kick on over now. We're going to be talking about some WWE, and we're going to talk about WWE Day 1. But before we do, uh, we were informed this past week that Tony Storm had, uh, what we're finding out now is that she had asked for her release from World Wrestling Entertainment and was granted such. Mm-hmm. So Tony Storm no longer with World Wrestling Entertainment. The story is still developing. Rumor and innuendo has it that Tony uh, left because of one Charlotte Flair. She said a differencing between demanding schedule and the fact that not only do we have to kiss somebody's ass in the ring, we have to kiss their ass out of the ring as well. Yeah. Um, Developing story. We'll be keeping our eye on that one. Yeah. But uh, I don't want to talk too much out of pocket Mm -hmm. because we don't know the exact story. We just know what we're hearing. And it looks like a mixture of demanding schedule and Charlotte Flair, which we've heard not the easiest to work with all the time. Right. We've heard the allegedly's. Lots of allegedly's. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about WWE Day 1, which I did not watch because while this was going on, I was live at GCW. And let's be honest, I just didn't go back and watch it. I did catch some of the matches of the highlights, so we can Good, 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 good. But we're going to give you the rundown anyways, and if Ken wants to touch on them, and I will give you some of the my takeaways as far as what I know as well. Uh, the first match of the night was for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team titles. The Usos defeated the New Day to retain 17 minutes and 3 seconds. Cage match had this at a 7.95 out of 10 score, so... Pretty good score. It's pretty good score, and obviously, you know the four competitors involved. You 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 can almost say it's a fight forever. Like you knew what you were going to get out of these guys, and they definitely did. So nothing super spectacular to write home about, but definitely an entertaining match. Uh, next up, we had Drew McIntyre defeating Madcap Moss with Happy Corbin in his corner, nine minutes and forty two seconds. Cage match had this rated at four point four two out of ten. Yeah, well, the one thing about this match is allegedly there is a uh, news going around that Drew has a, a neck issue that he's working through. Mm, interesting. So I think that kind of played a little bit into this. So that's the allegedly part. Um, I did not get to catch this match, but from what I heard, it everybody was really surprised that Madcap got that much time in the ring with Drew. But I'm thinking that maybe you know Drew was really trying to put him over because obviously love him or hate him. Happy Corbin is obviously one of the best people to work with on the roster, and they want to try getting Madcap on that level. They got to, you know, have him give some time with some people. Well, next up we had the WWE Raw Tag Team Title Match. RK Bro defeated the Street Profits in eleven minutes and fourteen seconds to retain. Uh, Cage match gave this a six point six five out of ten. I did not catch this one. <laughs> uh, the only thing I saw is the Migos came out with RK Bro because they were in Atlanta. Yeah, and they they had taken a picture with uh, Randy Orton earlier in the yeah. day. So that was the only thing I knew about this match. Next up, Edge defeated The Miz in 20 minutes and three seconds. And, of course, The Miz flew across country on a red eye because he was at the Cardona wedding. Yeah. 
Uh, this one, uh, Beth Phoenix came out. I heard that. So the grit couple, as I was hearing, G-R-I-T, uh, you know, definitely made their presence felt. Uh, solid match. Of course, Come we on. got the uh, Brooder opening again. Yeah, which I'm okay with. I'm all right with this. Next up, we had the WWE Raw Women's Title Match. Becky Lynch defeated Liv Morgan in 16 minutes and 57 seconds. Cage match has this at 6.54 out of 10. Liv was really good in this match. And I am very, very puzzled at why... Well, I am puzzled and I'm not. I can understand why they didn't give her the belt, but I thought what would have been smart is to break up the title run of Becky since she's had the belt since SummerSlam of last year to you know obviously give Liv a chance to really run with because I think she's vastly improved. She's definitely put in the work. It was the time. The crowd was definitely behind her. She had a great match, great performance against it, but... You know, Becky came out with the win on this. So now it's like, what do you do with Liv moving forward? And then the only thing I could see happening now is obviously they set up her and Bianca, the rematch of Mania. Right on, right on. Uh, last but certainly the main event of the evening was now a fatal five-way match instead of a fatal four-way because Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID, mm-hmm. which canceled the Brock Lesnar versus Roman match. So Brock Lesnar was added to the WWE title match instead. And new WWE champion Brock Lesnar as he defeated Big E, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, and Seth Rollins in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. A lot of people up in arms. By the way, Cage Match uh, with 208 votes has this at an 8.01 out of 10. This match was good. It was a little shorter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I will say this. I'll give you an early prediction. I have a feeling Lesnar is going to stay on Raw. Your winner of the Royal Rumble is now going to be one Bobby Lashley and setting that up for Mania. And then everybody's going, who Roman's going to face? How about Big E? Well, Pad just dropped him with news. He says, Heyman came out with Brock on Raw. You've got a fatal four-way tonight between Rollins, Owens, Lashley, and Big E. The winner gets Brock at the Rumble. Also, Heyman on Raw said, look at look at what's happened to your tribal chief. One week without me and he gets COVID. Oh, Jesus. Beautiful. Wow. Listen, man. For all the people out there, I just want to say this about the match that I did not see. But for all the people out there that are like, oh, Big E lost to Lesnar. It's bullshit. Listen, who, you know, if there's no better person to lose to. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the number one draw in the history of combat sports, period. Yeah. Am I saying that I wanted Big E to lose? Nope. No, definitely not. But, I, you know, Brock is Brock. And there is ways to get Big E back in the, in the picture, too. And plus... Him against Roman, that's a money feud. Well, we know that Brock doesn't like working on Fridays. Yeah. Because that's why he went back to Raw, even though they wanted him on SmackDown when they originally went to Fox. Mm. So having him back on Mondays makes sense. On top of that, the dream matches are in on Monday. Yeah. Brock versus Big E is a match that I want to see. Brock versus Lashley is really a match I want to see. Mm-hmm. So the dream matches for me with Brock right now are on Raw. And once again, two big men slapping meat, baby. Yeah, make it happen. I'm here for it. Make it happen. Listen, Brock, I I will say this. What I was excited about, even not watching it, but what I was excited about is I saw that video with the fan. Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar celebrating with a fan after a match? Comes up to the barricade on video, smiling, hugging people? Come on. Yeah, it's crazy. How do you get mad about that? I digress. Everybody gets mad about everything, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking about mad, let's talk AEW. <laughs> All right. So I want to be careful here. Mm-hmm. My voice is half gone. Normally, normally we would uh, be at the point where I would start the rant. 
But I'm not going to because I've already gone over all of this. Mm-hmm. By the way, Pat says smiling Brock Lesnar is scary. Absolutely. Facts. I've gone over all this in the past. Mm-hmm. So this week, Big Small, in an interview, said the reason she left AEW or didn't resign. And I'm paraphrasing, but it was very professional in my opinion, is there's a lack of diversity. That they're not pushing a diversive agenda, and she feels like she's wasting her time in the prime of her career, so she wants to go somewhere else and make an impact. Mm-hmm. In response, Tony Khan proceeds to tell us about every black or brown person that was on Dynamite the past week, including the company is ran by him, and then proceeds to tell us that the reason he didn't sign Swall and let her go was because she was a horrible wrestler. What is the exact? The top two AEW execs are Brown, me, and Miga. This is from a tweet from Tony Khan, which he still hasn't deleted. Right. Jade, Bowens, Caster, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah, and Mark uh, Quinn all won on TV this month. The TBSL tournament has been very diverse. I let Swell's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Hashtag AEW ring page street fight tonight. Huh. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say this. Very unprofessional. If somebody has a qualm that we've, like I said, we've talked about before. And then you come out in, instead of like, she she handled it with some respect. And your response is to be a dickhead about it. Why should anybody care about what you say? And the backlash from this, as it should have been, has been very, very brutal, including... His friends in the journal world, mm-hmm. who all did not take to his side. Pat says TK is willing to die on a hill he doesn't realize is about nine countries over, or nine counties over, sorry. That's yeah, true. He's tone deaf. The one thing we know about Tony Khan is he has ran sports teams into the ground, and it appears that's what he's going to do with all the wrestling. I'm sorry to say it. Until somebody proves me wrong. It's there. Completely unprofessional. Unfortunately, this is not the first time that there has been an unprofessional action like this happening, in my opinion. And until he learns that professionalism should come first with running a business, this is going to be why AEW doesn't succeed then long term. I'm sorry. I, I completely agree with what Big Swell said. I think that she put it very professionally and eloquently. It wasn't a bash. It was just her feelings, and she has the right to feel that as being a, a part of that company. But for him to come out and do that and still not apologize uh, three days later now, that's completely unacceptable on every single level. Not only that, but it's just like when you list off the names of people who won on TV this month, and it's like six people, Yeah, that means you're diverse? Come on, my guy. That doesn't mean shit. Like, this is a problem that's poked up a few times in AEW, and it's always been swept under the rug. Eventually, it's not going to be swept under the rug. This is not the first time. That's why I'm not jumping on it. Mm. I will say my personal opinions, I stand with Small on this. I stand with any athlete who works for a company and doesn't feel that they're getting treated fairly. And there's other people who agree with that. Mm -hmm. It's either everybody's fucking lying, or there's some fucking where there's smoke, there's fire. Proof's in the pudding. It's just a sad state of events. Yeah. And I hope this gets rectified. 
But the unprofessionalism is really the problem. And that's why the football team over there in England is in the shape it's in. And that's why the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars are in the shape they're in. Because this guy is unprofessional as fuck. Remember, he's the one that had a Twitter war with one of his players from the Jacksonville Jaguars Mm -hmm. about a release. Yep. Who also was a black athlete, by the way. And then, of course, fans over in the UK say that he wanks dogs. Just throwing it out there. It's real. Go look it up. Yeah. Don't fuck with them soccer hooligans, baby. No, no, no. He took a team right out of the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, his own biggest enemy is always going to be Tony Khan. And I had read it this week from somebody on Twitter, and I agree. Tony Khan needs to hire a PR person the same way he needs to hire a booker. Facts. But he won't because he's too cocky for that shit. Pat says, who knew throwing a billion dollars at a pile of shit couldn't turn it into gold? <laughs> Points. Well, you know what? Fuck it. Why not? Here. I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Poor Lord. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But anyways, I so let's talk about the wrestling aspect. This Wednesday, we have a big card with three. The first night on TBS. Mm-hmm. Three championship matches, including... The judges, the one-hour time limit with judges for Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page. Have we found out who the judges are yet? No. <laughs> okay. Assuming they'll be legends, I yeah. assume. But maybe Cody Rhodes. Who knows? <laughs> That's true. He's not on the card yet. Also, we'll decide the TBS championship, Ruby Soho versus Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. And a uh, tag title match on the line as well. Right? Jurassic Express and Lucha Bros. There you go. However, the fucking interesting part about this is they have their first TNT special on Saturday the 8th called Battle for the Belt. And so far, we only have two matches announced. And one is Riho versus Britt Baker for the AW Women's Championship. And the other is Cody Rhodes defending the TNT title against Sammy Guevara in a rematch. Right. What happened to AW not being the uh, rematch? I was thinking the same points? thing. So I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand the battle of the belts when you have. I understand they're trying to load up the TBS show, so the first night on TBS they can try to pop a rating. Be interesting to see where that goes. But why don't you try to li- line up the first TNT special as well? I would figure you'd save some of your belts to be defended that night, unless you're going to try having everybody load up again. Because the only thing I'm fearing is with the Hangman Adam Page, Brian Danielson, we're going to have a draw because I guarantee you one drudge, judge is going to call it 50-50. It's going to go to another time limit. And then that will carry over where they'll probably do the match again on Saturday night, which would be foolish in my opinion. Agreed. But there we are. So uh, we were going to preview what's going on on Saturday, but we got two matches. Yeah. So tune into Dynamite on TBS this week. Remember, this week is on TBS and mm-hmm. going forward. Rampage will still be on TNT. Public service announcement for all eight wrestling. Also, this upcoming Saturday, eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, TNT Battle for the Belts, TNT special. At least we get uh, AEW Women's Title match in the TNT title. Right. Hopefully, more will be announced because technically it's like their class of champions. Yeah. Well, with that being said, we are going to take our final break. When we come back, we are going to be talking. Wrestle Kingdom, previewing Wrestle Kingdom, which was going down in just mere hours. And then, of course, we are going to be giving out the 2021 Brody Awards. All of that and much more when we come back from this break.
That's right, it is time to rumble. It is time for the main event of this week's edition of 607TWS. And, of course, we are going to end with New Japan Pro Wrestling's biggest show of the year. Kicks off in just mere hours away, Ken. Mere hours. 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time if you're playing at home. Uh, There will actually be three shows because on the eighth there is going to be... uh, New Japan versus Pro Wrestling Noah. We're not going to review that show, but we will talk about that show next week. I just want to get that out of the way. It's something they just added, which is kind of interesting, and I can't wait to see it personally. But if you would like to see Wrestle Kingdom, you can do that simply. NJPWWorld.com for 999 yen a month, which works out to be a little over $9 American. You can know that and watch it. And you can watch the replay, so you don't have to watch it at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Free replays. And there's English commentary for those of you worried. But it's one of my favorite times of year. And next week we will be doing the review show with Tyler from Second Suitor. Yes. So that's going to be awesome. But let's dive right in, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So the first night, of course, of course, is going to be 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 4th if you're living here in the United States. If not, it's I think it's like 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Japan. But whatever. Or not Eastern Standard Time, but you know what I mean. They have a pre-show match that they have not announced yet. It's usually a rumble, so. But then we got a singles match. Yo versus show. Rapongi 3K blowing up. Gotta go got, with yo. Gotta go with yo. Going with yo? Mm-hmm. No show? Okay, I can see that. Uh, we have a trios match. Hiroshi Tanahashi and the mega coaches, Rocky Romero and Taguchi, taking on the Bullet Club team of El Phantasmo, Kenta, and Taiji Ishimori. Bullet Club all day. <laughs> That's a great Bullet Club lineup, by the way. That is. That's a stacked one. In another uh, trio match, Los Ingredables de Japón, represented by Bushi, Sonata, and Tetsuo Naito, will take on the United Empire, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Osprey. Gotta go to the Empire, man. You know Jeff Cobb. That's my guy. Shibata is back, and he has got an open challenge that has not been answered yet. So Shibata versus... We'll find who, out. I, I have no idea. I mean, who who would make you pop the most? Moxley. Really? I think that would be a great match. Shibata, that's fucking hard-hitting as shit. Yeah. Jericho might be a good choice. I think you got to do a big name. Yeah. The return of Shibata. I think so, too. I really do think that. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea, but I know you're the New Japan expert, so. I mean, I, I would be surprised if they don't do some kind of a name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Next up for the Never Open Weight Championship, your champion, Tamahiro Ishii, defending against Bullet Club's Evil. That's going to be a hard hit matches. I'm claiming Ant New here, by the way. I, I can see Ant New happening. I think it's going to be Evil's time. Next up for the IWGP Tag Team Titles, the Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi, and Zack Sabre Jr. will be defending against the Chaos Team, who won the Tag League, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. This could be an upset story of the decades if they pull the trigger on the chaos team. I'm thinking they're going to do it. I'm, I'm calling the upset. Huh? I'm going to be surprised. Next up for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, your champion representing Suzuki Goon, El Desperado, defending against the man who won the Super Juniors, Hamaru Takahashi, the ticking time bomb, representing Los Ingrenables de Japón. This is going to be a fun match. I can see Ann New here as well. I, time Bomb has made it time and time again. His his party is at Yeah, that's is true. At, is at Russell Kingdom. I, I want to lean in still though. I could be. 
And of course, in the main event of the evening for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, that's right. Don't be confused. Your champion, Shingo Tagagi, goes one-on-one with the winner of the G1, who's also carrying around a belt, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. You never go against the Rainmaker at Wrestle Kingdom. You're going Anu? I'm going Anu. I can see it happen. I really could. Well, let's go to night two. Actually, Anu would be a good story, mm-hmm. but and still would be a good story because the two of them never fought. Do you think they go triple threat? Who knows? Next night, on the 5th, if you're keeping track, mm-hmm. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles on the line, Flying Tiger, Robbie Eagles, and Tiger Mask, who are your current champions, take on Mega Coaches, Rocky Romero, and Taguchi, taking on the Bullet Club's cutest tag team, El Phantasmo, and Taji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier. You gotta go Bullet Club right there. Going Bullet Club? <clears throat> I, can see the, I can see the Mega Coaches winning. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be a good match either way. Now in the tag team match, we have Mayu Iwatani and Starlight Kid taking on Sayu Kamenito and Tom Nakano. That's going to be a good match. That's going to be a solid match. There will be an NJPW King of Pro Wrestling title four-way match. Uh, we do not know the participants yet, but uh, it's always for a trophy. And uh, usually Toriyanu is in that match. Yeah, I was going to say. And it's won multiple times. Yeah, so I got to go Toriyanu in this one. He's not announced yet, but I can't but, see but, him yeah, not he's, in it. He's usually always in it, so that's why... Never open white six-man tag titles on the line. House of Torture, Evil Show, and Yujiro Takahashi will defend against the chaos team of Hiroki Goto, Yo, and Yoshihashi. Going team Yo there. You're going with chaos? Yep. This is going to be a great match between two up-and-comers. They're going to be future stars in the business. Sonata versus Great Okan. <sighs> Go with Sonata. I'm, I'm feeling Sonata, too, on this. Your boy, Tetsu Naito. Well, actually, my boy. Yeah. Tetsu Naito. Going one-on-one with Jeff Cobb. You're your boy. You, you know where I I'm side. going with Naito. Yeah, I'm going with Cobb. That's okay. I'm going with Naito. Yeah. Then, for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, in a no-disqualification match, your champion repping the Bullet Club, Kenta, defending against the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Kenta all day. And last, but certainly not least, for the undisputed IWGP World Heavyweight title, whoever wins the first night, whether it's Okada or Shingo will defend it against the other champion, Will Osprey. We're going to unify the fucking belts finally. I am going to say winner of night one. I'm going Will Osprey, baby. I'd be okay with Will doing this. Like, if things Look, good- I'm doing a lot more over here, doing uh, all the stuff with uh, uh, NJPW Strong in the States. Osprey goes back and forth. It's a good face to keep on that. Without face, but he's a heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a good way to kind of bridge that gap for a little bit longer here in the states in my opinion no i mean like i i can definitely see that happen but i don't i just i never go against okada on wrestle kingdom oh you never can he's the he's 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 the real ace yeah that's what i say so like if he gets in that main event like it's hard to go against him you know I'd, I'd be cool with osprey winning though osprey I, i'm good with whatever in this match quite honest but i'm picking osprey all all the all fucking day all right <laughs> it is that time ken m Let's do it. It is time for the year-end awards. In the honor of the great late Brody Lee, we call him the Brodies now. But that's 607 TWS's 2021 Brodies, as we will be giving out our best. And we have some replies from some, some of our good friends out here in mm-hmm. the world. We'll be sharing as well. Are you ready? Let's do this. So, <laughs> excuse me, by the way, with my coughing. Let's start 
with breakout star of 2021. I'm going to go through uh, our friends first. Uh, Evan the Great had Danhausen. I can see that. <laughs> Coach had Brian Danielson. <laughs> You're going to find out real quick that his is a little uh, skewed. You'll, you'll feel. You'll see what happens. Breakout star for JVD, Atticus Coger. Who is your breakout star of 2021? I'm going with the man that has should be in the title match at GCW at the Hammerstein. The guy that has been really making a name for himself, putting on great matches. Him against Jordan Oliver could be a feud of the year candidate. It's Atticus Kogar. I'm also going with Atticus Kogar. He's he uh, was in the finals of the tournament of survivals. He did well at the Nick Gage Invitational. Um, he's had great feuds with Jordan Oliver, Nick Wayne, and uh, also the the feud carryover from 440 and MDK Gang, and then all the work that he's done in H2O with the Danny Havoc uh, Memorial Championship. Can't go against him. Yeah. Next up is going to be the WTF moment of the year. Evan the Great says Ninja Mac. I don't. He didn't say a moment, but I'm assuming every moment. I yeah, that's what I, I, the vibe I got from him too. He loves Ninja Mac. Uh, Coach says the dangerous ring explosion in AEW. <laughs> uh, JVD said botched handcuffs in the Royal Rumble. Now, mind you, I got to point out everybody oh, took it Kevin differently. Owens and, uh, yeah, yeah. So everybody took it differently, which you can. You could either do positive, negative. It doesn't matter. I my WTF, and I happen to be there for it was Matt Cardona winning the GCW world title. That night was fucking... I've been to WrestleMania. That night was as electric as WrestleMania in a smaller room. The garbage flying, it wasn't from plants. It was real. That was fucking emotion. They wanted Matt Cardona dead. Being a part of that moment and seeing that moment and how big that moment became, that's my WGF moment. I had two, but I kind of split it like how you said, though. Like Some people are going to take it as a bad and some people are going to take it as a good. So my good WTF moment was when I actually saw CM Punk return to wrestling because I'll be honest, we heard all the rumors all those times and he was coming back, WWE, AEW, and then we saw him on the WWE backstage like, oh, he's coming back. What would it take to actually see him at an AEW event, let alone in the ring? That was shocking to me. But the bad WTF moment had to be the birth of the Rhodeslander and the Anthony Agogo promo which I think is really just made the Rhodeslander just uh, such a despised uh, character now on AEW that it's now grown to the point that he has such negative heat every time you see him on the screen, and he's trying to spin it into a different way. It's just not working, but that promo just was so egregious and just so missing the mark. And for Cody, who's usually been putting in some of his better promo work in AEW, to really kind of do that and then run with that character, I mean, that was just such a negative moment, though. I, I, that's what I say. That was my WTF bad side. All right, we got best moment of the year. Best moment of the year is uh, Evan the Great said CM Punk. Uh, coach said Cody Rhodes ending racism. <laughs> the Anthony Gogo promo. Uh, JVD said Cardona wins GCW title. <clears throat> Mine is actually CM Punk. Because, uh, you know, even though it was the worst kept secret in wrestling, it was still kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. Mine was Big E finally winning the world title. That was a good one, too. I'm marked out like a madman for that because he's been long overdue. He finally broke through. 
And I can't wait to see him get into a bigger feud now with Roman. Indeed. Next up, tag team match of the year. Evan the Great has Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. Coach has any Young Bucks match. <laughs> JVD has Dem Boys versus OGKF Final Battle. Great match. Great match. Man, this was a tough one for me, but I'm going to stick to my guns. It is definitely the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks in that cage match. Phenomenal fully, match. Fully agree. This is the best match of the year. You've never seen the Young Bucks look better. And if you're not sold on why the Lucha Bros are the best tag team in the world right now, it's a good debate. But this is a match that definitely makes that example very hard to beat. Next up, we do have tag team of the year. Evan the Great has the Lucha Bros. Very good. Uh, Coach has the Young Bucks. JVD has the Briscoes. You know, I thought about this. Because there was, there was three options for me. Honestly, three options. Lucha Bros. Mm-hmm. Briscoes. Mm-hmm. FTR. Mm-hmm. And there's an argument for all of them. Yes. Lucha Bros had a great year. Started off the year AAA Tag Champions. Became AEW Tag Champions. Lost the AAA belts, but still. Briscoes. Become GCW World Champions. Tag Champions. We gained the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions on the final night of uh, the company so far, that era. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, the FTR. Winning the AAA titles and having great feuds with everybody. When it came down to it, I picked FTR. Because they are the kind of the cement for everybody. Lucha Bros are doing some of their best work against FTR. Right now, we have this great build to what possibly could be tag match of the year in 2022. In the Briscoes versus the FTR. The one common denominator is the FTR. Taking nothing away from those teams, in my opinion. FTR is Tag Team of the Year 2021. This was probably the toughest debate for me, to be honest with you. And you brought up all the three teams that I had in there as well. I gave it to the Lucha Bros, though. I Very think, good choice. I think the work they did in AAA, which, I mean, we, we, we were watching that as well. You know, when they had their big title match down there, they, they definitely turned it up a notch. <laughs> and at Triple Mania. That's true. You know, and then... Obviously, All Out was a match of the year candidate. And everything they've been doing right now on TV, when they're allowed to wrestle in there, they've been killing it in there. And them and FTR has been a great feud. By the way, young Padawan Jay says, I'd just like to point out the coach sent out his picks. And then a few days later, Notre Dame lost his college football bowl game. I'm just saying. And I, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying I'm going to use something for the first time ever. Ken M. Pad just reloaded. Oh, get him, He just pad. reloaded. He just gave him the and the killing the coach. What's going killing on, him. Dan? And Dan, what's up, Dan? How are you doing? Other than my voice being gone, I'm great. <laughs> Dan's killing it on stream, too. If you're not following him, make sure you drop that follow, too. He's yeah, I was, I was going to go watch you the other day, but I was in Atlantic City, so it just didn't work out. Yeah. But I, I will catch a stream in the near future. Uh, unfortunately, being in Atlantic City, whew, the internet there. Yay. By the way. It took a while to upload some of those videos and stuff. I took that's why I did less on day two, but whoo. Showbo needs to work on that. I'm sending that in my uh my survey they sent me. Mm. Anyways. I digress. Um we are at female wrestler of the year. Let's see what the other people on the panel said. We had Thunder Rosa from Evan the Great. Mm-hmm. We had Red Velvet from Coach. And JVD had Thunder Rosa. I went a different way. 
is there any better wrestling star in the females division right now than the virtuosa Diana Parasso? I think not. 2021 was definitely the year of the virtuosa. So Diana Parasso is my pick. Female wrestler of the year. Lock that shit in. You can hit that button again. That was my pick. Perazzo right, has been on fire right now. And I'm just waiting till she is in GCW against Allie Catch. That's I want to see that. I want to see her versus everybody because, honestly, the way she's setting up for it right now, 2022 could also be the year of the Virtuosa. Yes. Doing big things. Impact Wrestling, the real winners of the Forbidden Door. Yes. Without question. Opinion. Without question. Ready to talk about some male wrestler of the year? Yeah, let's do it. Evan the Great had MJF. Okay. Coach, just to fuck with you, had the Roadslander. He would. Will Osprey for JVD. Good picks. Good picks. Man, I'll let you go first. You got to go with the guy that has really been moving the needle. The guy that has been the headline. The guy that retained the audience after Sunday football and didn't lose a beat. And that is the one and only Roman Reigns. You know what? We're on the same page. Roman Reigns. I don't know how we had a better year. No. Honestly, everybody listed was great. Yeah. But MJF, he ain't winning the belts out there. The real demo god, Roman Reigns. The real needle mover, according to the shirt, and in real life, Roman Reigns. Nobody had a better 2021 than Roman Reigns. I mean, he did end it with COVID, but then again, that was the 22nd. Mm-hmm. That was 2022, so. Rough start for 2022, but. Biggest, best matches. Yep. Biggest opportunity. Highest paid. Highest making. You can make a lot of arguments for a lot of other guys. I don't think anybody had the year that Roman did. Made event and events against guys like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at the body work he's done, and every match he's been in has been that big fight feel. And it's because of that character work he's done. It's those small mannerisms he does in the ring now like he's finally put it all together he is that superstar wwe has been so desperately needing and he's only going to carry that brand moving forward too right on right on next one was not on our list because we forgot to put it on there we talked about it before feud of the year so sorry we don't have anybody else's choices but i'm gonna give mine the feud of the year for me is matt cardona versus the indies Mm -hmm. as a whole look at the work he's done in gcw aiw nwa you know, impact, you can count as an indie, but not, but whatever. He left WWE after being a lifer. He turned fucking, he turned water into wine. Yeah. He's, you know, I'm very critical about him doing the same old shit every fucking match. That's why I was hoping he was going to be there in Atlantic City, but he got married. Because I was going to love to lead the same old shit chant. <laughs> but, but, you got to give the devil his due. And GCW had that great moment. And, uh, you know, AIW had a big moment. NWA, he fucking set the world on fire showing up there. Matches with Effie. Nick Gage. Pat says, feud of the year, Ken M versus Rhodeslander. I could do I second that. That could be close second for me. What is your feud of the year? <laughs> me versus Rhodeslander? No. Um, you know, this one was tough for me because I, want, I, I, I had it really split between two. I had this really split between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair from the beginning of the year, obviously going into WrestleMania. And I had this split with Jordan Oliver versus Atticus Kogar because when those two have been going at it, and we talk about the future of the business a lot, we always say these two really stand out in GCW shows. 
and they get it. They've been putting this this work together over the past few months since obviously uh, Ricky Shane Page is no longer in GCW at this moment. Atticus has been on his own. He's been trying to find his groove, and he's definitely elevated his stock too. And Jordan Oliver, we've been saying, is the future of the business. How he's not signed to a major Fed by now is mind-blowing to me. But you put those two guys together, and everything they've done, and especially going into the no-rope barbed wire match, the blow-off, phenomenal work. So that's where I say like it's it's split between Sasha and Bianca and those two. Perfect. Like your picks. Next up is event of the year. Evan the Great had all out. Coach had AEW Dark. <laughs> JVD had ROH Final Battle. This was a toss-up for me. What did you go with? I stuck to my guns. There was no better show this year at OD Parlay Hour. GCW so alive. Nothing like listen, Ring of Honor Final Battle is up there. Great show. All out was a solid show. Everybody remembers the debut. So like that's the only thing everybody's taking home. This card though, on paper, was supposed to be like a, just a normal show. But when you kick off Joey Janela versus ASF and they go completely balls to the walls, then you think okay, second match is going to slow down Tony Depp and, and Demonic Flamita. And they go full gear. Battle of the assholes. At Battle of the assholes. And then you get Jordan Oliver versus Atticus Kogar, where, I'm sorry, remember Jordan threw Atticus into the front row. And let's not forget he also got his face set on fire by Pyro. Yeah. That the only slow match of the night, and how crazy is it to say this was the slower match of the night, was Jack Cartwheel versus Blake Christian. It was a very good match. Like, how insane is that? Then you had the scramble match, which I think everybody is now familiar with Drago Kid, and if you're not, you need to rewatch. Drago Kid. Yeah. Alex Colon and Sadika versus Second Gear Crew, which was brutal as all hell. And then you had the Briscoes versus Dante Leone and Ninja Mac, which was so good. And you want to talk about just a contrast in styles. They were definitely going at it. Your main event, in my opinion, was Thunder Rosa versus Alley Catch, and they tore the house down. And then you had your death match with John Wayne Murdoch. I'm trying to do the voice because Rich can't do it right now. John Wayne Murdoch. I can do it a little bit. Uh, okay, I didn't want to hurt your voice. Against Jimmy Lloyd, which was a setup for the feud. And they definitely tore the house down. Like, everything about this match, I think people were thinking, like, it was going to get slept on. And they just said, no, let's just go 100 miles an hour and let's go. No, I'm going to be honest with you. Came down to so alive in ROH final battle for me. Oh, man. Such a hard pick. Just to be different, I'm going to say ROH Final Battle. Because really, okay. it's a flip of a coin. Yeah, yeah. And I also don't want to be a homer for GCW. I've mentioned GCW, and I'm sure I'm going to mention them again in a second. But Final Battle was really good. Perfect show front to back as well. But So Alive also a perfect show front to back. Definitely both were better than All Out. Nothing against All Out, which I also thought was an amazing show. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are your top three of the year, period. Facts. Put them in any order you want. Quite honestly, it wouldn't matter. If you watched all three of those shows, you could put them in the top three any order. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But if somebody put something else real fucked up in there, I'd be like, eh? Anybody says NXT War Games this year. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're disconnecting this. Green and Walder. Yeah. No. All right. But That's yeah. going to bring us down to the last two. And, of course, one of the last two is promotion of the year. Evan the Great says... Long live GC fucking W. I added the first part. Mm-hmm. Of course, coach says AEW. Of course. JVD. Long live GCW. 
He just said GCW. I added it. You know what? This is no fucking surprise. Long live GC fucking W. I think you can see the shirt, folks. Listen, consistently putting on the best shows that they can every single time out. Even their shit shows, which will, I don't think they've ever had a real truly shit show. But even, I'm just saying that B shows, whatever, are still worth watching. Mm-hmm. I have never regretted buying a GCW event on Fight TV. Never. The only thing that's ever been wrong with that is the West Coast feed sometimes lags a little bit because of where they do the LA shows. Yeah. And uh, no, the, the Wyoming Outlaw show. Mud, Outlaw Mud show. That was last year. Yeah, but that's lagging. That, but for you talk about quality work, show in and show out, giving you that real alternative to what you're seeing on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, it's GCW, bar none. I was going to say, call me a homer, call me whatever. I'll just tell you right now. I will put up anything they do storyline. I will put up anything they do in the ring. I will put up any of their talent against any talent in the world. Yeah, you want to talk about rosters? They come with it, and they have such a deep, young talent. So you want to take that? All right, so compare that to NXT. Give me Nick Wayne, Starboy Charlie, and Jordan Oliver over Braun Breaker, Graydon Waller, and the guy that lost to Cameron Grimes to the moon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's that's what you get right there. You have such young talent that can go in the ring and hang with the vets, and they get the best work out of those vets too. And then you're seeing guys that have been written off. Like, let's face it. Sky Tuati coming back was not supposed to be as good as it was. And not to lo- mention the crowd loved it. And the crowd was behind it. The crowd gets it. The crowd is smart. And the they crowd's do- a smart crowd. It, it is, and I, I use this very loosely because I don't want to compare it, but it is. It is this generation's ECW. Facts. We finally have that third alternative. It's not going to ever do the numbers of WWE or AEW. Neither did ECW. But it's going to have a rabid fan base, and we're always accepting of new fans. Mm-hmm. There isn't this. There isn't this. You got to be with us or against us. It's not like AEW is or WWE is. And you see that toxic shit on the on the web. GCW fans want you to come. We want you to be a part of this revolution. We want you to come to the new shows. We want you to be a part of, you know, the Atlanta expansion and hopefully going out to Minneapolis this year. And of course, the Hammerstein, January twenty third. I'll be there in attendance to see the. The groundbreaking month. It's such a good show that they've teamed with Ring of Honor to an extent. Yeah. I mean, we are going to have the Ring of Honor world title defended in the Hammerstein Ballroom where it deserves to be defended with Blake Christian, one of the best wrestlers in the world today, going against the best technical wrestler in the world today in Jonathan Gresham. That's going to be Say what you will about those guys' size and stature. They can go in the ring and they can run circles around everybody else. I'm sorry. Brian Danielson ain't keeping up with fucking Blake Christian or Jonathan Gresham. Sorry, man. Maybe in his prime. Not now. CM Punk, man. Woo. <laughs> He's looking old. MJF is a gimmick, which I love. Mm. Roman Reigns ain't wrestling on that level. He'll be a showman, but he ain't wrestling on that level. Just saying. I'll put that roster up against any roster, and if you want, give an honest opinion. Go watch it. Yeah. If your only gripe is they do death matches, that's one match a card. Yep. Watch the rest and tell me you tell you what order this past weekend shows. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'll tell you which one to order. You can order either one and you'll be entertained. Order die for this mm-hmm. for two reasons. First and foremost, watch that Briscoes versus Alex Zane and Christian Blake match. Mm-hmm. Tell me you ain't watched one of the best tag team matches you've ever seen. Facts. But secondly, you want to give death matches a try and not just think that they're just a bloody feud? 
Watch the storyline that Alex Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch do. Is it brutal? Is it bloody? Oh, fuck yes. But there's a story. They're telling a story. And they show you a package to let you know the story. And when you see the story and you can feel the energy of the crowd, you can feel the energy of the wrestlers, it makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between some guy just getting hit with a light tube and putting something behind it. Yeah. I'm just saying. But take a pick. So Alive is also a great pick that Ken just pointed out. Fucking love that card. One of the best cards ever. Mm-hmm. It comes down to match of the year, Ken. Evan the Great, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. Great match. Uh, Duffy, <laughs> Hall of AEW. I'm surprised he didn't go Cody Rhodes, Anthony Gogo. I'll make JVD, that man. Big shout outs to JVD with Osprey versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. for the New Japan Cup. That was a great one. Great match. Man, I had a lot on my list, man. But I got to stick with it because I don't think anything surpassed it. And I saw all those matches, and I think all those matches are great. I seen Sasha versus Bianca. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. I seen, <laughs> you know, everything out there. And I still think Dragunov versus Walter was the best wrestling match I watched in all 2021. I'm right there my with opinion. you. I'm right there with you. That's my pick. That match has everything. Yes. It has a story. It has a brutality to it. It has, once again, proving that you don't have to bleed in a match necessarily to be brutal. Because mm-hmm. there was a little bit of blood, but not gushers. <laughs> That's just how hard they were hitting each other. The only blood was from the chest. Yes. Think about that for a minute. First of all, the guys didn't fucking, there was no blood on their faces. It was just from a chest. Mm-hmm. From slaps. Ugh. Mwah, chef's kiss. One of the best matches I've ever seen. I couldn't believe that they put that fucker on. Yeah. Especially since this was the second time. The first one was a barn burner, too. Mm-hmm. But now we finally got to see it on, on this side because it was NXT UK, the last one. Yeah, I know. I loved it. Pat says Walter versus Dragon Up, but Rollins versus Edge, Hyland the Cell is a close second for him. It's yep. a great match. That's a great one, too. So many good matches. But I just, in all my opinion, I've seen a lot of wrestling this year, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Walter versus Dragon Off, baby. All night long. All night long. To, all night. to give a shout out to my my boy, Rich Swan. Oh, that brings us to the end, man. We did it. 2021 Brodies is in the book. Those are our picks. You can let us know your picks. If you didn't get them in in time, that's okay. Mm-hmm. If you're hearing this on podcast form, you know, hit us up. We'll tell you about that in a second. Speaking of which, can I tell them how to find the ODPH? Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on social media. Check out the directory, the classifieds, parlay points, the T Public Store, all that and so much more. odphpodcast.com. Of course, I'm just going to keep this short and simple because my, 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 I'm on borrowed time with my voice. 8122productions.com for all things Three Fat Nerds. Patreon's there, patreon.com slash 8122productions. The T Public Store, all you need to know about Horror Zone 607 and everything else. At Three Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter is the best place, but we're Three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw it at in front of you, have every other social media. We will be on social media talking about wrestling and more. So 8122productions.com, one stop shop. Easy, simple, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Well, we've come to the end of the show. As we do each other, every show, we're going to end this show with One Winged Angel by Second Suitor. Tyler from Second Suitor will be in the building next week. Yes. Reviewing New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom. We'll be talking a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Until then, for myself and Ken M, happy new year. Hope everybody had an amazing New Year's Eve. Hope everybody's having a great 2022 and you have big things going on. And all I have for the first time in 2022, I'm just going to say later, wrestling fans.
Top ropes, one, two. 